designers and curious minds. Ever wondered about the stories hiding within your building's walls? I'm Carrie Seaburn, structural engineer and host of Unstruct, the podcast that decodes and simplifies major concepts of structural design. Behind the math and physics, structural engineering simply predicts building behavior. Join me as we simplify the complex, making structural design accessible to everyone. Nowadays, instead of measuring it via cost, we're saying, well, what about carbon, you know? We've got two levers now that we can, if if an architect has an inefficient design, we can hit them with two levers if you like. (laughs) The official casualty figure is 55,000. Everybody I talked to told me that the actual figure is at least three times as much. And I believe that. I mean, seeing what I saw, Turkish codes are good and, and they have been improving, but compliance was completely lacking. Fluent in steel, concrete, masonry, and timber design, I'll bring you leading engineers to dissect the tales behind their building structure. Whether you're an architect, contractor, engineer, or just love a good story, this podcast is for you. Yeah, beam penetrations. That's a fun topic on this project. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Unstruct. From within your walls, hear the story behind how your building stands today. Hello, hello. Welcome to Tangible Remnants. I'm Nikita Reed, and this is my show where I explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender. I'm excited that you're here, so let's get into it. Happy fall, y'all. Welcome back. This year has flown by, and I can't believe it's already almost October. This episode will be a little bit of an anomaly, since I really just wanted to record a quick one to talk about the book I just finished reading and some upcoming conferences that I'm excited to participate in. I'll be back next week with more interviews and some more good stuff. So the book I just finished reading is called The Black Butterfly by Dr. Lawrence T. Brown. So Dr. Brown is a researcher and visiting associate professor with the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute, and he's a former associate professor at Morgan State University in the School of of Community Health and Public Policy. And so he's also a racial equity consultant and the co-founder of the Lead Poisoning Awareness Initiative, hashtag Be More Lead Free. And this book is super well-researched and very direct. It's focused on Baltimore for the most part. And Dr. Brown calls out the various ways institutions of the city of Baltimore have caused real harm in redlined Black communities. He provides the receipts for all of this and the documentation. And there were a number of moments while reading this book that I was clutching my pearls because he was calling out names directly and naming institutions that caused the harm as opposed to just speaking in generalities. And so in addition to having the receipts for the different harm that's been caused by different institutions, he also does a fantastic job of connecting the threads of history to show how things are connected. So for instance, I knew the events that I'm about to list happened, but I didn't realize their proximity in time. All right, so the Civil War ended on April 9th in 1865 with the surrender of General Robert E. Lee in Virginia. Lincoln was assassinated the next week, April 15th, 1865. The 13th Amendment to end chattel slavery passed on December 6th, 1865, and then the Ku Klux Klan was founded on December 24th, 1865. So I get the sense that 1865 
probably had a bit of the 2020 feel, or maybe 2020 had a bit of the 1865 feel in terms of just turmoil in the country. Uh, but I just didn't realize that all of those things happened within eight months of each other. So in addition to connecting the dots on the timeline, he also provides great definitions at the beginning of the book to establish a common language as he's talking through terms. So for instance, uh, he defines equity as doing more for those communities that have less wealth and health due to ongoing historical trauma. Equity is a process of repairing damage and making communities whole. He then goes on and defines racial equity as taking restorative actions to help redlined Black communities organize themselves in order to heal from ongoing historical trauma. This requires fully acknowledging and stopping all manifestations of ongoing historical trauma. So racial equity is not simply a lens or a perspective. Racial equity is a process that's outlined throughout the book. And he goes on to further say that in a racially segregated society, which many cities in America are, racial equity as an outcome is contingent on achieving spatial equity. And the book talks a lot about the difference between redline black communities and more of the publicly funded white communities. And so he then goes on to state that America is splintering politically because it is fractured spatially. Uh, particularly in cities, there is a higher concentration of African-Americans in certain parts of certain cities. White Americans still make up the supermajority and are spread more evenly across the country. But aside from the timeline and the definitions, the thing that I love the most about this book is that it provides solutions that are so practical and tangible. It almost seems like, why haven't these issues been solved yet? For example, He talks about gentrification, and often gentrification has become shorthand for displacement. But really, it's even the people who are living in dilapidating redlined communities, they want the area to be improved. They just don't want to have to be displaced for new residents to come in and enjoy the improvements that happen to their neighborhood. So there are a number of tax credits and incentives that various institutions around Baltimore have to incentivize and subsidize people who work at Johns Hopkins or at the hospital to live where you work. And it's a subsidy for new residents to come into older Baltimore neighborhoods and basically try and change the area. But he suggest a why not actually give those same kinds of tax credits to the residents who are currently living there and who may be housing burdened or just need more funds to help maintain their properties and etc. So even a simple solution like that to be able to keep people in their homes while allowing for more people to come in um, to fill many of the vacant properties that are there. Anyways, there's a number of fantastic solutions that he posits in the book, which just make me love this book even more. So anyways, I highly recommend this book. Um, It is listed on my Linktree site under reading recommendations, and you can get to the Linktree site via my website, nikitareed.com slash podcast, or via the Tangible Remnants Instagram bio. And once on the Linktree site, you'll also see a page for the 2021 conferences that I'm about to talk about. Since it's conference season, I did want to share the various conferences that I'm excited to participate in over the next few weeks. As you may have guessed, these conferences will all touch 
in some way, shape, or form on architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender. I'm on the board of some of these nonprofits, and many of these are virtual and or have free or low-cost components. So I hope that you'll check them out and attend some if your schedule permits. And there's likely also a bunch more that I don't know about. So please feel free to reach out to me via email at tangibleremnants at gmail.com or on Instagram to share some of your favorite conferences that are coming up. So conference number one, and I'm going to list these in order of uh, schedule and kind of whoever has the first start date. So here are the conferences and events that are coming up that I'm excited about over the next couple weeks. So the first one is Doors Open Baltimore. And this is a series of events that will happen throughout the month of October. And it's sponsored by the Baltimore Architectural Foundation, of which I'm a board member, as well as AIA Baltimore. And so as part of their series of events that are happening during the month, Dr. Brown is going to be giving a talk this Friday, October 1st at noon on mapping Baltimore apartheid. And I'm very honored to be able to be one of the panelists at the end of Dr. Brown's talk to continue the conversation about all of the amazing research and work that Dr. Brown has done so far. So the next event I want to highlight is with Preservation Maryland, which I'm also on the board of. So the annual event Phoenix Rising is going to be held on October 7th at 7 p.m. at Benji's, uh, which is a drive-in movie theater just outside of the city of Baltimore. So if you're local to the Baltimore area and you've always wanted to go to a drive-in theater, now's your chance. The movie that will be played will be Back to the Future. And so there'll also be an award ceremony and a great a socially distant celebration. So check that out if you are local to the Baltimore region. The next conference to highlight is the National Organization of Minority Architects, also known as NOMA, which is having their annual conference uh, October 20th through October 23rd. And this year's theme is Homecoming, because this is the celebration of the 50th anniversary of NOMA. And for those of you who are unaware, NOMA's mission is to empower members to foster justice and equity in communities of color through research, community advocacy, professional development, and design excellence. The event is going to be virtual for the most part, but there may be some events uh, in Detroit specifically. So if you're local to Detroit, you could check that out. And again, you can find the links to all these conferences on the Linktree page. There's also the Black Women in Architecture Brunch, which is happening October 24th. The Black Women in Architecture Brunch was started by Catherine Williams a couple years ago, and it's a great time to fellowship for women of color in the architecture profession, particularly since of the 100,000 licensed architects, 500-ish are black female. So it's a relatively small cohort of professionals. And so this is a great opportunity to get together. So if you fall into that category, I hope you'll check out the website and join us if you can. The next conference is the Association for Preservation Technology, and it's titled Preservation Beyond Politics, and that's going to take place October 25th through November 1st, and I'm on the local conference planning committee, and so we've spent the past year putting together various uh, workshops, symposia, events, paper sessions, all those things. I had the the honor to be a co-chair of the 
Community Engagement Project, which uh, we've been focusing in DC, focusing on helping to stabilize a masonry structure for the Children of Mine Youth Center. And so I've been co-chairing that with Tiffany Simple of Simple Design Studio and Amania Price of the DC Planning Office. So it's been, and we've been doing all of this work in collaboration with the National Trust for Historic Preservation, who is also having their annual conference in DC, and I'll get to them in a couple. So it's been a really great collaboration to talk about how nonprofits, for-profits, community members, and the government can work together to use preservation to revitalize a building in an area. The next conference is Getting to Zero, and that's happening in New York on October 27th through October 29th. And Getting to Zero aims to accelerate action by state and local governments and the building industry professionals to create a new energy future for the built environment that uses less energy, is carbon neutral, creates job growth, a cleaner economy, and achieves the climate goals of the Paris Agreement. And so the work of this community of people and organizations that are accelerating and broadening efforts to deliver zero energy and zero carbon buildings helps policymakers to achieve their climate commitments within the built environment. And then the efforts of getting to zero typically cover both residential and commercial sectors for new and existing buildings, and with the intent of hoping to engage leading policymakers, designers, building owners, manufacturers, real estate professionals, etc., to overcome the barriers to net zero buildings and really trying to make net zero buildings the norm. I'm excited for this conference because I'll be doing a presentation with Lori Ferris of Goody Clancy, who will be featured on the podcast in coming weeks. So we'll be on a panel to talk about transforming traditional project delivery to achieve equitable building decarbonization. And the title might change, but you know, we, we have a couple weeks before we get there. So two more, two more conferences to go. The next one is the UN Climate Change Conference of the Parties, also known as COP26 which is happening in Glasgow, Scotland. And the theme of this one is uniting the world to fight climate change. And that's going to be happening November 1st through November 12th. And the COP26 summit, it's going to bring together parties to accelerate action towards the goals of the Paris Agreement and the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. I'm not involved in this one directly, uh, but Lori Ferris and a couple other folks from the Zero Net Carbon collaboration that I'm part of are involved in preparing some presentations for COP26 in partnership with the Climate Heritage Network. And then last, but certainly not least, but rounding out my conference season for sure, is the National Trust for Historic Preservation's Past Forward, and their theme this year is Lead the Change. And that's going to happen November 2nd through November 5th. Within the information about the conference, the, the trust lays out the fact that historic preservationists are change makers dedicated to strengthening communities, yet we are all grappling with significant overlapping challenges from pandemic shutdowns and economic shock to racial injustice and climate change. And so I'm super excited that the trust is bringing this conversation to many of the people who will touch historic preservation. So from the architects, preservationists, real estate agents, developers, etc. And then one thing to note for the National Trust Conference is that if you register before October 5th, you can get the early bird rates. And so again, to get to this list of conferences all aggregated in one place, uh, remember to go to my website, nikitareed.com slash podcast and look for the linked tree link or find the Tangible Ruminants Instagram bio. So that's really all that I have today. 
There will be weekly episodes this fall with plenty of interesting discussions, as well as even a conversation with a legit rock star. I'm excited to share the conversations that I've been having over these past past couple months, and I look forward to interacting more. If you're attending any of these conferences or want to connect, feel free to reach out to me via email or on Insta, and I would love to connect. And that's all for now, and I will talk to you next week. Well, that concludes another episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, historic preservation is a present conversation with our past about our future. We don't inherit the earth from our parents, but we borrow it from our children. So let's make sure we're telling the inclusive history. Musical selections that you heard throughout the episode are from Sarah Gilberg's album, Other People's Secrets, which is available on Amazon and just about everywhere music is sold. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it guys. Oh One that God. came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.